Uncommon Sense Advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. Today, it seems like we're in a time of extremes, uh, especially political extremes and censorship of people who uh, don't agree with us or censorship. I'm going to make a, uh, a plea for moderation, not just about politics, but for everything from uh, the amount of love you show to your loved ones, uh, to cooking, to personal appearance, to meditation, to uh, everything. I want to say, though, that all of these uh, examples of where moderation may be wise are probably general truths, at least in my opinion. but. We're all individuals, and we may choose to be moderate about some things and extreme about others, and I think those personal choices and predispositions uh, obviously need to trump those. But hopefully my discussion of all of these individual examples may help you at least more consciously decide whether you want to be more moderate about any of them. I'll just list them up front so you'll see what we're going to be covering in this, uh, in this edition of How to Do Life in this uh, YouTube video. Um, um, by the way, this is a podcast. This is I'm making these audios on YouTube, which then get converted into a podcast so you can listen to it and not just have to uh, watch me here. I'm not so good looking. Anyway, I'm going to be talking about, first of all, some examples of where extremism is okay. Then I'm going to talk about uh, where moderation is wise, even in, in love uh, to your romantic partner, your family and friends. I'm going to talk about uh, how social to be versus solitude, uh, the amount of talking versus listening, uh, question asking, joking, amount of celebration. I'll give you a pretty funny example in a few minutes. Um, how much should you display your abilities? Again, these are all about, I'm going to be pleading for moderation here, and most people will in theory agree, but in reality not be so moderate, and to their own detriment, uh, as well as to the annoyance of others. Personal appearance, we'll talk about that. Eating, um, exercise, uh, how complex your cooking should be, meditation even, uh, how clean, clean to keep your home, and of course then politics, the argument for moderation uh, on the conservative, on the left versus right continuum, talk even, gonna be, talk even about racism and sexism and environment and COVID bailouts, the three linchpins of the uh, Biden presidency, I'm going to be making the case for moderation there. Uh, true inclusion, not cancel culture, not only tolerating, but if we talk about we need an inclusive society, we must recognize that all wisdom does not reside on the left nor the right. And demonizing them as extremists is uh, ad hominem and not wise. We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about moderation in making arguments, uh, not nailing people to the cross necessarily. Um, moderation in spending, we'll talk about, and I'll give very specific examples about all these. Investing. Moderation there, and in terms of perfectionism, how much, how perfect should we be, or slipshod, or is it done a case by case basis, which I will argue. All right, let us begin. So I want to start with you know the the uh, with love. Uh, I have seen uh, much unhappiness come from people bestowing too much love and too little love to their romantic partners, to their friends, to their family. You know there is. Uh, of course, there's value in showing love, but there's also a big downside. Too often, love is bestowed beyond a point where it's even wanted. So like this, I think about the smothering helicopter parent. Uh, I think about the smothering spouse who demands all this time with their with their partner, 
where in fact the other person has a right to be focusing more on whatever, more on work, more on individual solo activities. Um, you know, couples should not be Siamese twins. Couples should be people who come together when it feels, you know, in general, there's exceptions, but again, in moderation, generally when it's mutually comfortable. Uh, and I think that's crucial. Also in terms of friends, you know, the, the where one person is always on the giving end of that friendship and the other on the ten on the on the taking you know it's obvious and it's easier said than done i will stipulate to that about all these things but this notion of not getting let yourself get and take advantage of uh, on the other hand you not taking advantage too much of the person roughly on average not in every conversation but the goal should be roughly 50 50 and the world doesn't end if it's 30 70 but it does it's a problem if it's 90 10. Uh, I do want to, before I go any further, I want to talk about the fact that moderation is not always the goal, at least as far as where I'm concerned. There certainly are examples where being driven to extremes is probably wise. For example, you know, no great discoveries would occur, no iPhone, no medical discoveries, no, no COVID vaccines, if there wasn't extremism. People's lives who are at least temporarily out of balance, who believe that their work is more important than everything else. Um, and so I'm certainly not going to plead that everybody should be moderate in their work life. Uh, it's going to depend, you know, whether it be a for-profit thing or a non-profit thing. You know, it, sometimes it, it just feels like the life well-led to be giving it all to whatever it is you, you care about. Even, you know, extreme diligence regarding diet. My wife has managed to, she weighs still 114 pounds despite being older because she's extremely diligent and that is ensuring both that she looks great and her health. So, you know, and she's rather extreme. I don't, you know, she's not, a, you know, she doesn't weigh her food or anything, but she is almost always uh, careful to eat the lowest calorie thing on the menu, to make low calorie dishes, to eat small portions, you know, all that stuff, lots of fruits and vegetables, the usual. Uh, so, but one wouldn't call her balanced on that. You know, she doesn't, you know, cheat every four meals with something fattening and yummy. She doesn't, or she might have one bite of cake and that's it. Uh, so I think that that kind of extremism is not to be criticized. Uh, I admire it. I'm not so good myself, believe me. But now let's turn more to moderation examples. As I mentioned, um, one obvious example is in love, in the field, in the area of love. Um, we've talked about, I'm not going to repeat it. Um, but asking yourself whether you're giving too much or too little love to your romantic partner, to dating in dating, which of course makes you feel desperate. Uh, if you're giving either too much or you're seeming cold and uh, egotistical, the common word these days is narcissistic, if you're giving too little to your friends and romantic partners. So but I want to talk about other examples of where, in general, moderation feels wise. There are some people, either because they just love being social or they use it as an escape from their own personal mal malaise, they're social all the time. They always have to be around people. And there are other people who are quite hermited. And again, while it's an individual choice, asking yourself whether you're as moderate as you want to be. Most people are wise to spend some time social and some time in significant solitude, both for individual activities, for reflection, and simply to unwind. Are you as moderate as you want to be regarding that? Amount of talking versus listening. Uh, I want to perhaps, not perhaps, the most of all, I've given a ton of how-to practical advice over the decades, and the most widely cited by individuals and in public, republished, is the traffic light rule, uh, where, you know, keep your, keep your comments to, uh, I'll just keep it 
simple. During the first 30 seconds of an utterance, your light is green. People are listening. You're not overwhelmed. Uh, in the next 30 seconds, your light's yellow. They're beginning to wait for you to shut up. And after the 60-second mark, unless you're telling a really interesting story, you should shut up or ask a question. You can always follow up later. So moderation in the amount of talking, which by and the converse is a moderate amount of listening. You know, listening your ass off, not 90% of the time, but roughly, again, roughly half, you know, give or take, 30 to 70%, where you're in real good listening mode. And after they finish talking, you ask a question or you summarize or you, uh, you know, a question for amplification or then, or, you know, or you, you disclose something, you build on their, com on con their conversation or disagree politely. But that balance of talking versus listening, questioning versus disclosure, uh, joking versus seriousness. We all like somebody who makes us laugh, but if it's too much, it's too much. We all kind of roll our eyes at the person who's trying too hard to be funny, or who, unfortunately, and I, I fail on this, I'm too often too serious. You know, I try to remember to lighten up at times. And again, I'm not saying moderation is always the answer, but being conscious that Aristotelian golden mean, the, moderate, the moderation that Aristotle so preached and has survived over these millennia, uh, there is wisdom in it. Not always. No wisdom is all size, one size fits all, but there is wisdom in that. There can be a, a really good case for moderation and celebration. I must admit that I tend to just like, for example, let my birthdays just go by. My Our anniversary, we, we celebrate it quite modestly. And maybe the, those are milestones worthy of celebration, although I'm more inclined to celebrate accomplishments than rather than something that can just occur by virtue of your being on the planet, that is, for example, uh, a birthday. But my friend, and I won't mention his name, a very dear friend, uh, he celebrates his birthdays big time. And the most memorable example is he invited everybody to come to Europe to a castle uh, to celebrate his birthday. Now, I mean, it's probably fine, but it seems to me a little bit self, too self-adulating. Uh, and I would be more inclined to, to be more modern celebrations. Uh, Next, uh, I guess it's not a bad time to say this. Okay, so um, you are listening to How to Do Life if you're listening to this on a podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you're watching on YouTube. Um, and I am talking about the case for moderation and when moderation isn't such a necessarily good idea. And I, when I come back from the break, it's only about 15 seconds, I'm going to talk about uh, issues related to moderation in uh, displaying your abilities, your personal appearance, eating, exercise, complexity of cooking, meditation, home cleanliness, politics, that is conservative versus liberal, uh, racism and sexism, the environment, COVID bailout, those linchpins of the Biden administration, uh, true inclusion rather than cancel culture, uh, making arguments uh, so as to let people save face, moderation in spending, investing, and in how perfect to, to aim in doing your work. Uh, I'm gonna argue for case-by-case case basis. Anyway, plenty to talk about. Anyway, I'll be just 15 seconds. Stay with me. You're listening to How to Do Life with career and personal coach, Dr. Marty Nemco. If you'd like to work with him, email him a description of your situation, mnemco at comcast.net. That's M-N-E-M-K-O at comcast.net. Marty is pleased if you choose to subscribe to this podcast. If you're not listening to this on Simplecast, just go to how-to-life.simplecast and click on listen and subscribe. Okay, thanks for staying with me. Um, 
displaying your abilities. My mother uh, always loved, loved to show me and my sister off, uh, whether it be our report cards or performing. I played the piano, she sang, and she would always push us, here, play for them, they want to hear you. And that has perhaps overly, I've incorporated that too much into myself, and I'm too much of a show-off. It's one of my weaknesses. So, but of course, if you completely hide yourself, you're subverting, sharing your gifts or whatever. You know, what they call Christian modesty uh, should only go so far. A little bit of displaying your gifts without, you know, bragging about it or overdoing it might be another good example of where moderation um, uh, is in order. Personal appearance. You know, I know I, I deliberately most of the time just wear a t-shirt because I do want to be judged more on my substance than on my looks. And I love wearing a t-shirt. It's just who I am. Um, I'm not a formal guy. My wife is a far more meticulous dresser. Uh, and everybody she's known all around, uh, you know, town as being always looking put together, even when she goes out to get the mail uh, or the newspaper in the morning. Um, but I want to invite you to ask yourself, are you spending too much time and money on your appearance, on your, on your sizzle rather than your steak, on your gift wrapping rather than the product inside? I will merely ask you. You know, I know somebody who spends two hours or an hour and a half every morning getting ready to go out to, to leave. That's an awful large use of one's life, one's waking hours. So ask yourself, are you spending too much or too little? You know, some could say that I'm losing credibility by, you know, not being fancy and just throwing on a t-shirt. So, but make that choice personally. Eating. You know, we all know that uh, the vast majority of dieters lose it and more. There is a, people do have a, 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 a natural set point that is genetically determined and, or at least certainly heavily influenced. You know, it's, it's usually wise, except if you are obese, um, to accept your body style, your body type. I know that certainly, you know, this, this body image thing is for, especially for women, can be a, quite a cross to bear. And uh, uh, of course, it's absurd to try to, to uh, emulate size zero models. Um, so ask yourself whether your eating needs to be moderate in quantity and in, you know, and from where I sit in perfection. I happen to love pizza. I love chow fun. Unfortunately, I'm a carb fan. I try to avoid it most times, but I will occasionally have chow fun or pizza or something or garlic bread, garlic cheese bread. Love all that stuff. And I don't think it's likely to, be, to kill me. And it also just feels, it feels like I'm not self-denying all the time. So ask yourself whether you're as moderate as you want. And I've kept my weight pretty much the same for all these decades. You know, somewhere between, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, moderate. I'm a few pounds overweight, but nothing significant. And I, I live with it. I don't think that's going to kill me. Exercise. Same thing there. Now, this is, you know, I'm not an MD, and I don't have really good data, but I do, I guess I do remember once reading that vigorous exercises do not live longer, you know, triathlete types. And in fact, subjectively, as I look at long-term athletes who are very vigorous athletes, uh, you know, marathoners and uh, people who run seven miles a day or, you know, or kill themselves at the gym. By the time they reach their 50s and 60s, their skin tone, it looks like they're, not skin tone, it almost likes the, their amount of wrinkles, their, the, the um, flexibility of their cells is decreased. Now, some of that could be because they're in the sun most, but I don't, I see those super vigorous exercises, aging, certainly at least as fast, if not faster, than people who are more moderate. I do exercise. Uh, I was a runner when I was in college, not a varsity runner, but I, I ran to stay in shape. Um, 
but I and I've played basketball my whole life. But I like to think that now um, I think it's wise that I hike vigorously every day. I'm out of my chair once an hour, and take at least a five-minute walk, or do clean, you know, do you know, do some exercise, whether it be mopping the floors or whatever, uh, doing some gardening. Um, I like to think that moderation is going to be wise, health-wise, and also it avoids your torturing yourself, you know, with, for example, that high-intensity in training. I know there's some data now that it's helpful, but we don't have enough years or decades of experience with its long-term effects, and it doesn't pass my common sense test that running your heart rate at three or four times normal uh, for some short amount of time can long-term be healthy. Certainly when you're young, you can handle anything. But I'm not convinced that that's long. I I choose to go the moderate route. Um, again, that's you know that's what this is about. I'm making the case in general for moderate for moderation. Um, a complexity of cooking. I love to eat. It's uh, I really I just do. I have one of these. You know I just love it. But you can often eat remarkably simply. And in fact, I'm going to make a, one of my next uh, YouTube videos slash How to Do Life podcasts is called One Minute Cuisine. Um, there's an amazing amount of delicious and healthy and inexpensive food that you can create in one minute. And certainly on the, you know, not saying you always have to do that, that would hardly be moderation, but realizing that, and I, I actually feel a little sorry for the people who spend hours shopping, chopping, cooking, cleaning elaborate meals. Is that really likely to be worth the effort? Is that the best use of your time? Now, of course, we all need some downtime to veg out and sometimes cooking is that. But I would invite you in that spirit of moderation, which is the theme of this today's show. You know, do you are you spending too much time uh, on cooking? Uh, again, just a, just a question. I have a, a dear dear friend who meditates a lot. He goes even on 14-day retreats and is thinking about going on a 30-day retreat of meditation, and uh, every day meditates at least an hour. Again, it strikes me that whatever benefits uh, meditation brings, and I, I do think those are subject to, uh, they may be more limited than the advocates who do most of the research would argue. Even if meditation is benefit, mindfulness and stress management or whatever, I like to think that moderation, again, is more wise because that use of the, all that time, this guy who's my dear friend, <clears throat> is brilliant and has tremendous potential to make contribution to society. And yet he's spending a lot of his time, you know, in what I would call a nap. Uh, he, of course, calls it meditation and gaining insight, etc. But I would invite you to ask yourself if you are a meditator or contemplating it, whether you might be wise to do, you know, a five or ten minute meditation in the morning if you want a twenty minute one in the evening, and let it go at that and have use your time better. Again, my plea for moderation. Um, home cleanliness. I also feel sorry for people who spend so much time making sure everything is picked up. Again, if you need that to kind of unwind or restore yourself to, to have a mindless activity and move around, great. But there are people who are quite compulsive about keeping their house absolutely immaculate and also torture their romantic partner about, you know, leaving items in the sink or their underwear on the floor. You know, in the larger scheme of things, those are just not that important. And moderation regarding cleanliness may indeed be wise. I wouldn't go as far as the religious statement, cleanliness is next to godliness. I think moderation is wise, and I invite you to consider that. Um, now I want to turn to uh, politics. We are in an era of, you know, whether you like the term cancel culture or not, we certainly do 
have we don't we we value the people certain people value the term inclusion and so it's the holy grail and yet we hardly are inclusive of people whose views are different from us i i really think that there is wisdom that resides both sides of center even occasionally at the extremes the extreme left and the extreme right i'm not talking about nazism extremism or killing people or white supremacism or full-on communism i'm not talking about full but certainly even fairly far from the middle, you know, a, a very small government advocate, uh, there is an argument for that. There is a strong argument for, for a more socialist, equal society, um, you know, but what counts is really considering each argument on its merits, pros and cons, and that leads to a more moderate, inclu true inclusive culture. And I think I've seen so much censorship and censorship of people who dare uh, forgive the pun, the expression, draw outside the lines of the mainstream. Um, and that is, that is, in my judgment, a formula for societal dissolution, if both because of the, the increasing enmity between people who are on different sides of the uh, uh, political equation, but also because the best ideas are then getting truncated out. There are best solutions for societal problems, for not even just problems, moving society forward, are not just left of center or right of center. So well, I'm arguing that moderation in this case is for true inclusion. Okay, on a more micro level, sometimes when we make an argument, we're so hell-bent on winning that we really destroy the person unnecessarily. You don't need to nail them or her to the cross. Make your reasonable arguments and end with something face-saving like, well, what do you think? And then really listen your butt off. That's going to be a far wiser way to get people to change, for you not to be so cocksure of yourself, because you may not be that right, or even right at all. So make your arguments, leave some room for the other person, let them save face, and be open to your being wrong. Again, a moderation position. Regarding spending, certainly we need to, you know, happiness increases when we spend on the basics. Decent food, which by the way, doesn't need to cost a lot of money. Fruits and vegetables are cheap, and even in the so-called food deserts, you know, unfortunately, I see many people with, who are obese with large families walking right past the market, the bodega or the supermarket or whatever, to a McDonald's or whatever right next door and ordering fattening, unhealthy, happy meals for their family. It's crazy. So I'm not saying you need to be perfect and be a vegan, uh, eating only locally organic, sustainable stuff, but... Certainly, I, in terms of spending, spending a lot, whether it be on food or spending a lot on a fancy zip code or, fa or, or a, a, a fancy car, a luxury car, which actually is more likely to break down, except for Lexuses, than a more reliable Toyota or Subaru is kind of crazy. Or spending a lot on, you know, on expensive jewelry or five-star vacations you know, or fancy furniture. Your happiness is not going to increase, if at all, from more spending. In fact, you it can feel like an albatross. You may most commonly make you feel like you've got to take this job that pays a lot so you can buy this all this stuff instead of something you'd find more rewarding. So again, yes, spending on the basics, basic, you know, the extent you need to, health care, food, decent housing, decent, you know, whatever. But this, you know, the, the hyper-materialistic, I, I really look down, I will admit, at somebody who wears a Rolex watch, 
I know those things cost thousands of dollars, and they don't take, tell any better time. They may tell worse time than a Casio for 10 bucks. So moderation in spending is often very key to a life. Well, that same is true of universities. Spending on, spending on uh, those two big expenses are housing, as I mentioned, and spending on higher ed. There is no evidence that the, uh, the spending on a private college, for example, yields better long-term long benefits than at a, starting at a community college, especially, and then at, and at a state university. Yes, private colleges get more rich people, and so there's better connections, but that's outweighed by many other factors, including the cost. So moderation in spending, even on higher ed, and certainly in housing, is, uh, is wise. Investing. You know, when a, some issuer, say, of a bond offers a high interest rate, it's not to be generous. It's because the risk is greater than of default. So with the, I'm using bonds as just one example, but it's wise to at least be moderate. Bonds tend to be rated, different rating agencies, AAA, AA, single A, triple B, double B, B, and, and uh, I, there's something worse than that. But aiming at least for moderate quality is going to get you annoyed, the, uh, the right balance between safety and risk. Investing in, investing in low quality bonds called junk bonds is usually is quite risky and not wise. Same is true of stocks. You know, buying penny stocks and long-term flyers, you know, offers the hope of some big return. But normally the wisest thing, and almost every good financial advisor will tell you this, even those who advise to millionaires, is to simply invest in low-cost index funds. And I am not paid by Vanguard or anybody else. But Vanguard is traditionally and continues to be a low-cost provider of index funds, most of which do better than the market in part mainly because their fees are so low. You know, I have most of my money in something called Vanguard Growth Index Fund, and it has a, a fee of only 1 20th of 1% per year that gives me maximum diversification across the S&P 500, overweighted by the companies that have done the best, which, you know, objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Uh, in the same direction, or as uh, Warren Buffett said, never catch a falling knife. So I believe I'm well invested at almost no cost. Uh, and it's actually even tax protected, not protected, but tax advantaged, uh, because they don't turn over very much. So moderation in investing uh, is, is also, in general, very wise. You know, if you're poor, you feel you've got to go for a long shot, but you're more likely to lose money. Well, you know, in the most extreme example, it's buying lottery tickets. But uh, investing in, in, in risky stocks is much more likely to, to make you uh, poorer than to compensate for whatever poverty you have. And finally, is how perfect should you be at work? You know, moderation is a little simplistic here. I'm, I'm a big fan of the um, gas pedal metaphor. Every time you're facing a task, deciding whether you want to go pedal to the metal, that is really fast and get it done quick and dirty, or you want to really barely have your foot on the foot pedal and go slow and aim for perfection. That's going to vary with the task, and it's going to vary with your, with your predisposition. Uh, I am not a perfectionist. I made some notes in preparation for this, but I certainly didn't script anything. I probably spent an hour and a half thinking about how to do this, what topics to cover. But I didn't go plan in advance exactly what I was going to say about any of these things. I just, so I like to feel, I've done like about 800 YouTube videos now, and uh, in the last year, I've done over 40 of these How to Do Life podcasts, 
and over 1,900 articles and 13 books. And I like to think that my moderation in the level of perfectionism has resulted in my doing more net good than if I had been perfectionistic about any of this stuff. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I hope that there's at least something here where you'll decide you want to be more moderate. In any event, um, this will be converted into a podcast. It'll be, uh, find it by just simply Googling how to do life, uh, simple cast. It's also, it'll be, it gets posted onto Spotify and, and iTunes. I am Marty Nemco. You've been listening to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. For comments on the show or to consult with Dr. Marty Nemco, his email address is mnemko at comcast.net. Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.